Welcome to the Fintech Times News and Views podcast. Established in 2016, the Fintech Times is a global multimedia news outlet centered around the world's first leading fintech newspaper. We report on the latest and brightest ideas from the fintech world. Follow the conversation using hashtag TFD News and Views and follow us at, at the Fintech Times. Hello, 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 and welcome back once again to the Fintech Times News and Views podcast. Uh, uh, well, Francis, how are you doing today? Yeah, I feel like it's not our usual hello, Francis and Tom today. It's just me. Tom's away on holiday. So, yeah, I'm not too bad, Polly. How are you? I'm not too bad. I was going to go into straight into the the standard practice of, well, they're not here, so let's badmouth them for a solid 10 minutes. But I thought, no, we won't do that. We'll be a bit nicer today um, for Tom being on holiday. But I am a pretty good. It is a fine day to be talking about. Fin- I say fine day. It is absolutely raining like mad where I am at the moment. But it's all good because we get to sit and talk about fintech for a little while, um, which is very exciting. But what are you going to be talking today? A little a little one today, only two stories, but what are you bringing to the table? I wanted to talk about something that we've spoken about before to quite a long, to quite a big extent, I should say. But I think it was always a, it's a fun topic to talk about, and that is financial inclusion. And that Revolut is now offering accounts to non-US citizens without a social security number. Yeah, absolutely. We love financial inclusion here at the Fintech Times. Um, and then I am going to be talking about, in a, in a complete 180 to that, it's nothing to do with financial inclusion at all, um, how Twitter has rebranded to X and whether that is going to help their mission to becoming a financial super app. Uh, so two very different stories, but both uh, quite big in the news right now. I mean, who wants to go first? Do you want to go first or shall I go first? I'll let you decide. So much pressure, but I'll go first. I'll You'll go, go first. first. Fantastic. Go ahead. We'll build up to the suspense of the the... The newer topic, shall we say. But yeah, so my article today is, as I mentioned, it comes from Revolut, the global fi- global financial super app, who is advancing technology, uh, financial inclusion, I should say, by offering accounts to non-US citizens in the United States who don't have a social security number or individual taxpayer identification number. In the US, there are around 2.5 million people on visas without, you know, a social security number or an individual taxpayer number, around, with around 1 million of them being students. Traditional banks and fintech companies often overlook these individuals, resulting in their limited access to affordable financial services. Revolut aims to address this gap by provi- providing a straightforward solution, offering easy account signups and access to every, everyday money management products. This includes international related features like a global debit card, low fee currency exchange, international transfers, and early salary access of up to two days. And I mean, this is, seems like a very simple solution at the end of the day right i mean we've spoken about things that help with financial inclusion be it for people who perhaps have a disability of some kind you know either a visual impairment or perhaps a a physical impairment that means they can't actually get to banks and i mean that is where you know we see the the benefits of digital banking really take place but i thought this this article really highlighted a, a good side of financial inclusion that perhaps we don't speak about as much which is i guess students i suppose because a lot of people when they go to university or when they go to college they don't have you know these reputable ways to show their credit history and the ways to you know i suppose just get access to financial services especially those in the us who who don't have what what you need to be a, a citizen in the us right if you don't have a social security number or an individual taxpayer identification number more often than not, these services, you just don't have access to them. So by just opening up this this platform in a very simple way, by just saying people are now all students and I suppose others are now able to 
you know, have access to this. I just think it was a really good thing, and I just wanted to talk about it really to sort of highlight, you know, how in, how important these things really and impactful they can be on on society. So I just wanted to get your thoughts. Yeah, no, I completely agree, and I think, like you say, it is just a really simple thing, but it's so crucial to like helping people access their finances like it's crazy like how straightforward an idea revolut has had and has now provided into a solution which has now transpired into people being able to access easy account signups and get money management tools and manage their finances in a way that's better for them and i think that's just really you know fantastic and i think you know especially when it comes to sort of the the niche for want of a better word of like non-us citizens and immigrants and things like that these people are like wildly ignored by traditional banks and fintechs. And so to have a fintech, a big fin, you know, Revolut's a big fintech and having them come in and go, actually, we're going to help them and we're going to serve them in a way that no one else can is just absolutely massive. And I think like you were saying about like students and, you know, just generally trying to access credit for the first time is an incredibly difficult thing. And it's even more difficult when you've moved to a different country because any credit that you have in a previous country just doesn't count anymore. Like, it doesn't matter because that happens somewhere else. So, like, it doesn't matter who you are. You could be, like, a top CEO or anything like that. No matter who you are, your credit only counts from when you sort of start in that country. So to have something that can really help you to sort of gain access to finances is just brilliant. And I think a lot of people should be really following along because I know how crucial social security numbers are to sort of existing in America. And I know we have national insurance numbers, which are kind of a similar thing, but not quite the same. From what I know of social security numbers, they are crucial for like everyday life. So to find somewhere that you can have a financial product without one is amazing. And it really just lines up with everything that we've ever spoken about in terms of financial inclusion previously and helping to reduce and helping to reduce poverty and just allow people to save money and do it in a really simple and easy way and it shouldn't be such a a revolutionary thing but it is um but no so just props to revolute for doing what they're doing i think the best part about it at least in my opinion as well is that it not only sort of deals with this pressing issue of access to finance but it then acts as a as a stepping stone almost because from having access to this singular platform you can then make that history that will in turn you know i suppose when you're talking about citizenship, that in itself is a is a challenge in and of itself. And I do understand why some financial institutions do struggle to take on people that aren't from from the country that the that the institution is set up in. It, it doesn't make sense. But at the same time, I feel like, as you mentioned, you really are neglecting a much wider pool of potential customers if you don't address that. And I think Revolut not only does that. But it then just provides, as I mentioned, a stepping stone to essentially have this 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 method of, of of creating a history of some kind. And I think that is just the best thing about this is that it's not only a, a small one-time solution to one small problem. I mean, it's not a small problem, but it's not just a solution to that problem. It really helps in a bunch of other ways as well. So I think it's fantastic. Yeah, and that's kind of just why I wanted to talk about it today. And I think that's a really key point you've said there about it. It helps in other ways because it's really true. So if you don't have a bank account, then you, you, in some instances, you probably can't get a job. 
because you, they don't have a way to pay you. At least in this country, I think the US is a bit different with paychecks and things like that. But you can't get a bank account, you can't get a job. If you can't get a bank, if you don't have a bank account, you can't get a loan. You can't, you know, get a credit card. You can't do with a bank account is so crucial to so many different things. And yet, if you can't get one because you don't have a secure social security number, then well, tough. That that's pretty much it. It's just tough. Um, you know, just figure it out and do something else. So like, it's it's all financial inclusion is sort of such a big subject when we talk about it and you know it's obviously a huge thing to have everyone equal in finances or have everyone have the ability to access the financial products that they need but i think that is just a really crucial point that it's not just about being able to access the finances it's about what being able to do that helps you further along and it's how you get out of maybe like a poverty cycle or it's how you you know start managing things a little bit better and then maybe you can go and get that job and you can go and do these things and then suddenly your life just gets a little bit better and better and better all just because you could open a bank account and i think that's the crucial thing and that's why fintech and financial inclusion is just so exciting i guess for want of a better word because it has the power like these tiny little changes these tiny dominoes can knock over the big dominoes further down the line and it can really change people's lives and that i think is why fintech is just so fantastic in a lot of different ways I really couldn't agree more with everything you've just said. I think you know it's not just a, a one small solution thing, right? It's, it's as I mentioned, it, it is dealing with this larger problem at hand and it knocks over a load of dominoes with just this single push. So I think it's a fantastic initiative and I hopefully we see other organizations start to implement something similar just because as we've always discussed, the more options that are available to consumers, the the better, right? So yeah, fantastic. Yeah, amazing. No, a great one to to talk about today, Francis. Thank you for that. Um, I guess let's move on then to completely different, uh, but Twitter, or should I say X, uh, as it has recently rebranded to. So I, this is just my favorite thing to talk about at the moment. I don't know about everyone else, uh, but Twitter and what's happening with Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it, I just really enjoy talking about it because it's such an interesting topic to get into. So essentially, if you've lived under a rock and you have no idea what's happened, Elon Musk bought Twitter a while ago, and now he is rebranding it to X. Um, so it's no longer Twitter, it is now X, and it's no longer at Twitter, it is X. Everything is changing. He's even proposed that we change the name of tweets to X's, which I love that so much. Um, but yeah, so essentially, Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter has been, I guess, kind of controversial, maybe for want of a better word, but it's definitely been a hot topic for a lot of different reasons and one of those reasons is you know obviously where fintech and kind of we come in about why we're going to discuss it is that he um really wants to make twitter into an everything app which would encompass social media e-commerce payments and banking and turn twitter uh, into a super app now there's a lot of super apps out there at the moment that are all you know really successful in doing what they're doing but you know, Elon Musk wants to come in and he wants to make his own. And I think that's really interesting. And I really wanted to talk about this today because um, we did a fantastic, I think Tom did a really fantastic article uh, looking at kind of the transition of Twitter into this financial super app that they're trying to be and sort of how that can sort of happen. And I just thought that was a really interesting thing to talk about because I think when we think about super apps, you know, there's there's a few examples out there like WeChat. Like WeChat is probably one of the, the bigger ones that you can, you know, have a social media, you can have payments, you could order food, all these different things. And I think that was kind of what uh, Elon Musk and the team around him is trying to emulate. And it's interesting that they've gone uh, for a rebrand 
of Twitter to do so. Like they're transitioning away from the Twitter brand, which he paid an awful lot of money for and instead is moving into X. And I think that sort of change of direction is really interesting. And it's kind of a lot of reasons, I think, to maybe help the super app thing. I mean, Francis, I'd love to know what you think about this whole thing. Like, as is the rebrand going to help on the journey of becoming a super app? Or is this just like another thing that Elon Musk has done that we're all going to giggle about? And it's kind of like, right, okay, so what's next then for Twitter or X, as I should say? It's a weird one because I think there's a couple of different ways to look at it because from the get-go, I think it's it's like you mentioned, why would you purchase this enormous company just to sort of change everything up? And I think, well, I do get why because, I mean, there's such a big customer base and you already have that customer base at, at your fingertips that way, right? You don't need to do anything else. It's all there. So I, I understand why, but I think the reason Twitter is so popular isn't because of the the potential that it has to have these other services, right? It's so popular because it, it's a social media platform that people want to use as a social media platform. So in that regard, I think it's a bit weird and I, I understand why it's been done, but I, I think it's almost going about things the wrong way. In terms of the rebranding and if that's necessary, I mean, you can say whether you agree with it or not, whether it should have been bought to be changed. I mean, that's up for debate anyways. But I think if you're looking at it from the point of is the rebrand necessary, I think a really interesting point that was made in the article came from Peter Watson, the manager, managing director of advertising agency Distract. And he made a great point that in order to disassociate itself with this social media platform that it always has been, it has needed to do this rebrand because otherwise you get some people who go Twitter. Oh, why are you making payments on Twitter? That's not safe. It's not somewhere that you can put that is reliable, that can store your data. It never has up until this point. So why would you suddenly change it? So I think in that regard, it really does change its identity from the social media platform that it always has been to now potentially being the super app. Something that I do find quite interesting, though, is that in the West, in the Western world, I suppose, we haven't really seen the the uptake of super apps as much as you have in the East in sort of Asia, right? It's something like, for example, WeChat, as you mentioned, that is completely taken off and, it, and is used on such a big global, well, not a global scale, sort of a nationwide scale in the countries that use it. Whereas in the UK, in the United States, we don't really see these, these platforms. And it's not for a lack of trying. The, these platforms do exist. But I feel like it's almost trying to force something that isn't really something that the consumers want with what Elon's trying to do. And I mean, if if somebody's going to find a way to try and make this work, I'd, I'd put money on saying that it probably would be Elon Musk, to be fair. You know, I think there is a very fair chance that if anyone will make it work some way, somehow, this platform X, it will take off. But I just think it's almost forcing an agenda that people don't really want. People don't use Twitter to have this. You know, they don't use Twitter to store their banking services. They don't want to get paid where in the same place that they communicate. I think maybe this is just me, but I like to have, you know, my banking services somewhere where I know it's secure and private and it's not something that I'd rather have that that longer access period to try and activate the account rather than going just having everything in one place. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I think the rebranding is necessary to, as I said, disassociate with the social media side of things or exclusively social media side of things. But it's an interesting experiment, to say the least. No, I completely agree with you on that front. And I think 
experiment is a really good way i think to phrase it um because that's what it does feel like it does feel kind of like an experiment and i guess i really like your point about sort of um i guess security of people wanting to use it because i feel like especially with the kind of discourse around twitter just in general at the moment since elon musk's takeover you know like all the different changes that have come in um you know the breach that happened back in january there was like an email hacking breach i believe um in january you know and it doesn't really pose a lot of confidence i think for people and if they want x to be this huge app where you could do all your payments and your banking and you trust implicitly with your like life and finances i think they've kind of got quite a lot to do in terms of the pr around the company that i don't necessarily think a rebrand is going to help like i mean with my limited knowledge of marketing people will remember that twitter is x and you know and kind of all that things that go around it. and i think you know they're, they're going to have to do quite a lot to get the trust of people to put their faith in this um but i think it was a really interesting comment from uh, gabriel larue in the article as well he was the ceo and co-founder of primer and he essentially um saying while you know sort of while in you know china and other places um in the asia pacific region they've got these super apps that are working really well for them is a super app going to work as well in the western world which i know you touched on a little bit as well and i think that's really interesting how you know having the dedicated platforms is a much more desirable thing at the moment because i think uh, like he mentioned uber sort of avoided the super app approach to separate their two businesses but could this be something that x does i don't know i think it's a really interesting topic of conversation to get into and i think it's one of those things where you just don't know until they start doing things and seeing what happens but i do think i do think a rebrand isn't going to help the kind of problems that twitter are having at the moment and like you say people just want to be able to tweet um and use it as a social media platform that it is i don't think necessarily people are going to want to put all their money in a twitter or an x bank account it just seems quite an odd move to me personally it does, but I think that's where the rebrand is so effective, right? Because when you think about all the problems that Twitter is having, in a, in a really bizarre way, I don't know how it works, or I don't know how to justify it, but in a bizarre way, I say, in my head at least, it those are Twitter's problems. All these issues that they've had, unless I'm really thinking about it and really discussing it, in my head, it's like, oh, X doesn't have these problems. I mean, of course it does, because it is just a rebrand, but in a, in a bizarre way, it does separate the two entities and the way that Twitter has been left off. I mean, one of the big things that you just spoke about that really sort of made spark this in me is that it, there's this idea of integrity, right? Because I think when you think about Twitter and the, the verified blue, blue ticks, for the longest time, you had to have some sort of status and you had to, to really work for that tick, whereas now you can just buy it. And I think once you start having this sort of integrity thing where if you've got the money then you can access certain things and i don't know that just doesn't really ring like the sort of place that you really want to put all your trust in because it just almost sounds like all your data is going to be sold to the highest bidder now of course i know that probably isn't the case but that's just the impression that i get when an organization takes away all this credibility for having something which is or is to a certain degree respected i.e the blue tick and now it's just you can buy it by subscribing to a service it it just it completely removes the the power of the blue tick and i think if x sort of starts to run into similar issues 
I just don't see why people are going to have the faith to to store their bank account or to make a bank account with X, to have all their payments put there, to have all of it. Just it, I don't know. It just seems a like a bit of a mess. And this is, I suppose, the whole point of the rebrand. Disassociate with all those problems, right? So it'll be a very calculated marketing move for sure. Like their PR team will have thought this through and be like, "Yes, this is how we do it." But I think you're going to need to do a lot more than just change the name and get a nice new oh, logo. Absolutely. Like, no, there's, absolutely. There's a lot left still to do before you get to super app status or even like a super app status where people actually like trust you. Because I mean, Twitter's just the meme now, right? Like everyone kind of makes fun of it, and I think everyone kind of makes fun of Elon Musk a little bit too. So. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out and whether people kind of change their minds as time goes on um, once they get their house in order, I guess. That's kind of the main one. I mean, if it works, it works at the end of the day, right? Yeah, no, it's that's It's just the thing true. of how do you get it to work when it is such a circus right now? Branding is one of the most important things when running a business. My limited business knowledge is that you've got to nail your branding. And now they've got new branding, that's nice, but is it is that going to be enough? It's definitely brand... not going to solve everything. That's for no. sure. No, definitely. But uh, in my opinion, it's a nice first step. Yeah, interesting. Well, we'll we'll all see how that plays out over the next however long. Um, it'll be an interesting journey for sure. But um, if anyone wants to read any more about the articles we've spoken about today, head on over to thinkatimes.com where you can read plenty more news and insights over there. Um, and then let's let's do what I learned this week. A nice quick what I learned this week since um, Tom isn't here. But so essentially, we learn so much new information being on the Finder Times editorial team because there's new stuff crossing our desks all the time, and that we wanted to share that with our listeners. Uh, so, Francis, what did you learn this week? It really seems like I love Revolut this week, but I wanted to talk about a new joint accounts product that they've launched after hitting 100,000 joint users across Europe. So the new feature enables customers to create an extra account within the Revolut app to be jointly owned by two partners, family members, or friends. These new accounts offer customers greater flexibility in managing their finances through pooling resources and the ability to manage a common budget. So it was quite cool. And yeah. Lovely stuff. And then what I learned this week was that uh, 65% of UK SME owners have admitted their company lacks the financial expertise to operate overseas. And I thought that was just a nice little interesting stat there. Um, But anyway... Francis, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, my God. So, I mean, Francis, thank you so much for joining me this week. A nice quick one this week since Tom is away, but nonetheless, still a nice chat about fintech. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess I'll catch you on the next one. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Fintech Times News and Views podcast. Don't miss next week's episode and continue the conversation using hashtag TFT News and Views and follow us at the Fintech Times. 